morning, Antioch. Welcome home. <laughs> you know, I've had a few opportunities to speak up here, and each time I always start with welcome home, and I do that intentionally. The first time I did it, it was kind of spontaneous, but afterwards I thought, I like that because we're a family, and when we're all together, we're home. <laughs> So welcome home, and we just say hi to our friends and family that are online also, and we're glad you're with us too. I really am so happy to be here this morning, even if it is a little bit by default. Like Donnie was telling, I was originally asked to lead the baby dedication parent class this morning, and like he said, when everybody started registering, we realized there's a lot of babies. I kept thinking, there's a lot of babies. I know we've had a lot of babies. And logistically, that would be, you know, kind of interesting to do in a class and kind of difficult. But we just, exactly like Donnie said, we said, you know what? What we're speaking about today is content for everybody. And so we're glad you're in here. You know, we usually do have baby dedication twice a year. But due to obvious reasons, we haven't been able to have it for the last two years. And I thought Donnie was going to take my little phrase here, but may I say, you have been busy bees. <laughs> or more accurately, busy birds and bees. <laughs> Talking it over, we came up with the idea that we could just present these truths this morning. After all, this is an even better idea because we believe when we are dedic dedicating our babies to the Lord, what we're really doing is dedicating ourselves to God's purposes. In reality, this is a parent dedication. There's no denying that parents are primary in the life of the child. But those of you in here that don't have children are not off the hook. <laughs> More than ever, we need all the body of Christ to be dedicated. I'm speaking to the spiritual aunts and uncles in this room, to the spiritual grandparents in this room. The babies and children of our body are not only influenced by their parents, but they're influenced by all those in community with them. We all influence the next generation. Ephesians 5 15 through 16 in the Passion Translation has stirred my heart lately. And it's been kind of a yardstick to measure my life by. Here's what it says. That's really little. I'll be looking at this. <laughs> so be very careful how you live, not being like those who have no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom for we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for God's purposes. No one in this room would deny that we are living in evil times, but God's purposes have not changed. Now, what is dedication? We hear that word thrown around. We're just going to get a little working definition of it. Dedication is the setting apart for a special or higher end. Strong devotion, 
support, and loyalty to someone or something. What I want to present to you today is that the something or someone that we are dedicating ourselves to is God and his purposes. Dedication to God and his purposes. Now, in the Old Testament, the Bible gives the example of Hannah dedicating Samuel to the Lord. She bargains with him and says, if you'll just give me a child, I'll give him back all the days of his life, all the days. And of course, at some point, though, Samuel was going to have to make his own decision. But as far as Hannah was concerned, she was going to hold up her part of the deal. (laughs) She did give him back all the days of his life. And I just want to say that is something that we parents have to do over and over and over again. The love we have for our newborns (laughs) is overwhelming. And for us moms, we had the literal experience of pushing and tearing that is childbirth. (laughs) There was a cost that was paid to hold that baby in your arms in that fresh newborn stage. During those first gazes with that baby, the consuming and overwhelming emotions, do y'all remember? You remember, don't you? The consuming and overwhelming emotions rise up and the depth of an unmatched love is stirred in our hearts. It's the first of many, many phases of your child's life. And with that, we are gonna watch a video, three minute video is produced by Orange Curriculum and you're gonna love it. (laughs) It's called, It's Just a Phase, So Don't Miss It.
glad I couldn't see it on my screen because now I can talk. <laughs> and I got to witness all of y'all as you were watching it and dabbing your eyes. And I get it. I watched it several times the last couple days. And David and I both cried, I think, just about every time. But did you see it? Did you notice? <laughs> did you see what kept appearing in the girl's room? There was the tree that she drew on the wall and different parts of that. But there was something else that kept showing up. And it was a jar of marbles. Did y'all see that? It's a jar of marbles. But in the different scenes, the marbles kept diminishing little by little by little by little to the end. There wasn't any more in the jar. There were approximately 1,000 marbles in that jar, 936 to be exact. One marble to represent every week that we have with our children at home from birth to when they leave for college or leave from the home, move from the home around 18. The admonition on the It's Just a Phase website, and that is a thing, and why I just encourage anybody to get on there. It's got so many wonderful resources. But it says, kids grow up fast. And if we aren't paying attention we can miss the opportunities that are present at every phase of a child's life. Parents, grandparents, mentors, educators, spiritual aunts and uncles, pay attention. Time is moving forward. Be present. Show up for the kids in your home and community. They will not be children forever. And what you do for them in the phase they're in now can give them a better future. Now, when you have babies in diapers, it seems like you're going to be in that phase forever. And this is true. I can't make this stuff up. This week, several times, I needed to type baby dedication in my phone and it kept autocorrecting to baby defecation. I don't know. I was like, what? Is that even a word? <laughs> but I thought it's kind of appropriate. But we say to that phase, this too shall pass. <laughs> and the next thing you know, you'll have moved on from that phase one week at a time and one marble at a time. <laughs> now, our family, David and I, we, had four, we have four children, now all adults. But I will tell you, we had all kinds of phases to go through. And we live to tell about it. And you will too. 
we went through a phase where one of our children, Jonathan, I'm just going to say that's who it was. It was Jonathan. <laughs> Put it out there. He was only one and a half. Bless his heart. But <laughs> he went through a phase where he was a biter. And if you know, you know. If you've had that experience in your family, it is tough. He would bite the children in the nursery at church. He would bite his sister and sometimes he would bite his hands. One day we heard this horrifying scream and Dave and I ran in the room and there was Jonathan and his three-year-old sister. <laughs> and Meredith quickly said, he bit himself. And so we looked at his hands and we didn't see the marks. And then we looked up at his face right there on the cheek. There it was. At that point, we felt like we might all lose our own marbles. <laughs> you know, it's easy to just want to get through the phase, especially the really hard ones. <laughs> but really, yeah, rather than having an attitude of let's just try to get through the phase, maybe we could adopt the attitude of let's not miss this phase. Today, I want to call us to be dedicated to seven things as we parent through our children's phases. The first one, we want to be dedicated to numbering our days. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Tallying our weeks with marbles may be a new concept, but the concept of numbering our days is not new. There is wisdom in being intentional with the amount of time and how you spend it. Back to that Ephesians passage. Take advantage of every day as you spend your life for God's purposes. That word spend speaks to God's economy. We are told to count the cost in following Jesus. Spend our life. For God's purposes, invest the talents that we've been entrusted with. Nathan and Ellen Schaub, who are beloved members of this body, and you know, we sent them off to Thailand about two weeks ago. The final morning, they, were, they had been staying at our house, and the final morning that they were going to leave, I got up that morning, came through the house, and Nathan was sitting at the table. We locked eyes, and I could see he had tears in his eyes. He said to me, I'm feeling the cost this morning. I gave him a sincere motherly embrace, <laughs> and then he said this, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. I loved that, and I want to say it to you in this setting there is a cost. There is an expense at raising children associated with that. It's emotional. It's physical. It's mental. And it's financial. And it's spiritual. But it is so worth it. Worth spending your life on God's purposes, intentionally guiding, teaching, and loving your child through every phase. Now, the next thing I want to suggest that we as parents need to be dedicated to is 
being the spiritual leaders of our children. Parents, I'm not going to elaborate on these points. I'm just going to kind of read them off because they speak for themselves. But please listen intently and soak in the weighty truth. You, parents, are the ones God has entrusted with your children. You make the important decisions for them, the big and the small. You spend the most time with them. You are the predominant spiritual influence in their lives. You establish the family rhythms, the priorities, and the allowed influences. No one can replace you. This God-given role and responsibility is sobering, (laughs) but it's also a great delight. The third thing we want to be dedicated to is our marriage as the foundation of the family. Now, hold on, because this has a role for everybody. Strengthening and nurturing your marriage, though, is key to providing stability for your children and key to providing for their needs. Your relationship with your spouse provides confidence and, again, stability for your child. You need time alone with your spouse. Oh, really? (laughs) I know you know that. Do whatever you have to do to get that. You need time together to reset. So trade off with your friends. I'm sure you all do that. Ask some of the spiritual aunts and uncles to step in and help with that. I want you to hear me on this. No one has a perfect marriage. And of course, there are places of brokenness in relationships and homes. Single parent homes are not disqualified from being dedicated to the purposes of God in raising their children. This is another place that community can step in and help fill the needs. My own son-in-law, Donnie Tapey, was raised in a single family, a single parent home from the time he was one year old. God provided for him through a loving, praying mother, and he filled in the gaps with mentors and older siblings and grandparents and aunts and uncles and the people that he went to church with. Our next point about dedication is we need to be filled with God's word. Without the lens of the word, the world warps. Y'all know who said that. (laughs) We must view our circumstances through the lens, the perspective that the word of God provides We must lean in. David and I do a lot of leaning in right now when we're trying to hear something. Huh? (laughs) You know, we do a lot of leaning in. We have to lean in. (laughs) Listen attently and intently to what the Word of God says. God's Word provides life. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear 
and your soul shall live. You will need a morning-by-morning strategy for the long-haul search for strength and wisdom as you parent through the phases. We are sustained and strengthened by the Word of God. The Sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the Word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. We're weary, and we need the word of the Lord to give us instruction. Weariness is going to come, but never underestimate the power of a good night's sleep combined with an early morning word to sustain and refresh you. I want to encourage you to read this passage like almost on a daily basis, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Great is your faithfulness. And oh, I love the way the NIV says it. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Isn't that a good picture? (laughs) Praying for your children is the next on our list, and it's kind of the partner to being filled with God's word. We offer all kinds of prayers concerning our children. I mean, y'all know, we've, we've prayed, oh, let them get this part. Let them make this team. Let them, you know, all these different things that we pray for our children through the years. But we know when we are praying, we know we are praying the will of God when we pray scripture over them. It's impossible in the spiritual realm for God's word to not work when it's spoken out. His word does not return void. Rather, it accomplishes the purposes that it was sent out for. Isaiah 55, 11 reminds us or compares how rain and snow come down from heaven and they don't go back up, the evaporation or whatever, where's the scientist? It doesn't go back up until it's accomplished what God sent it to do. And likewise, this passage says, God's word does not return to him empty-handed, but rather accomplishes his purposes. Pray scripture over your children. Write their names in a journal with a verse or in your Bible and date it. This will be a great reference and a great testimony for future years. (laughs) Your faith will Increase and be stretched by going back and looking at how things have been answered and how God has worked in your children's lives. Okay, so we're getting the word in us. We're praying for our children. Now, the next thing that we need to be dedicated to is getting truth into our children. The beginning of Deuteronomy 6 provides the why. Why do we want to get truth into our children? It says, so that the people and their children will fear God as long as they live and enjoy a long life. It's for our good that God says he wants these commandments to be in us and these truths. Then starting in verse 5, we are told the how to get them into our children. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today, and they are to be on your hearts. Now here come the how. Impress them on your children. That means teach diligently. Penetrate their hearts with the truth. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them on the symbols as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This is serious. <laughs> God's commandments, though, did you catch it? It has to be in our hearts first. It needs to be in our hearts first. We give out of the overflow. This passage is about being strategic and purposeful as you go out day by day. There's definite intentionality implied, not just a casual mention. One way that we did this in our home years ago, and y'all have to remember this was pre-Pinterest era, okay? So we just did homemade little things. <laughs> So y'all think I could sell this on Etsy? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> this was, I still have this, and it's really three decades old. I mean, it doesn't still hang on our refrigerator, but, but I kept it. But in the center, it said, hide them in your heart. And we would write verses on this, and they were verses that we knew that were important for our children and us to know, and that really applied to a lot of life when you have children in your home. <laughs> so we'd write it down, we'd memorize it, they might color a picture of it. But this was important to do it before an offense happened. It wasn't like, you did that, well, let's write, you've got to, let's write that down. It was like, I think Deuteronomy 6 is teaching that as you go, you're planting these seeds, you're teaching these things. Um, and yeah, just getting it into their hearts then. It's implying that you talk about them at home when you're walking, when you're lying down, when you're getting up. I love the no nonsense, everyday language that the message uses to render this verse. Get them, the commandments, inside of you and then get them inside your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. <laughs> I don't know about you. I need help with that. There are some great resources. I mentioned a second ago about the It's Just a Phase uh, resource. And also, these are both with um, the Orange Curriculum puts these out, which is what we use back here in the children's area. The Parent Q app, Parent Q, C-U-E, is an excellent resource for this type of strategy. And it gives you cues of things to talk to your children about. And we also give something back in the children's area that's a weekly handout or a monthly handout that gives suggestions for conversations. Like, well, when they get up in the morning, ask them this. At lunchtime, you can ask this. At uh, bath time, talk to them about this. At bedtime, talk about this. I think it is such a great resource to implement this strategy of Deuteronomy 6. 
Okay, we're moving on. Be dedicated to modeling God's love in your home. 10 years ago, I was asked how we ended up with kids that love each other (laughs) as adults and genuinely love being together. I'd never been asked that before, so I didn't have like a pat answer or anything. (laughs) It was just, you're on. (laughs) And so I thought for a second and I said, you know, the thing that comes to mind is we really emphasize and practiced the art of forgiving. Did you know that's an art form? (laughs) Forgiving? David and I were so far from perfect. We made a lot of mistakes. So we knew it was really important that we humbly ask our children for forgiveness. We had a lot of practice. (laughs) There was a very specific way, though, that we taught to ask for forgiveness. Not just, I'm sorry, because that almost implies that the wrongdoing was an unavoidable mistake. But we wanted to own our actions and have our children own their actions. So we would say, I was wrong for, fill in the blank, do you forgive me? I had lots of occasions to say, I was wrong for getting angry easily. Do you forgive me? I was wrong for really raising my voice. Do you forgive me? We taught the children that too and required that verbiage and method between our children. I was wrong for biting your face. (laughs) Do you forgive me? Actually, there's an example. That would be a good example. But honestly, we had not adopted that practice yet at that time when the biting incident occurred. That being said, this is a little, a little detour and a side note, but I think it's an important one. I want to encourage you that over the years and the phases of raising your children, you're going to learn new things, new tips, new light bulb moments, new revelations of things that you should be doing with your children and ways of teaching them truths and ways of correction and just all, it just is over the gamut. And I just want to encourage you that it is never too late to put them in the practice. Just start, do it. It is always possible to start a new rhythm. We didn't adopt this type of uh, asking for forgiveness practice until we'd probably been parents nine years, I think, when we started that. But it ended up being really important in how we did family life. I think it served us well because our children and we did not hold grudges against each other. Everything was resolved. It's a lot easier to let go of things when you've asked for and received forgiveness. And being quick to forgive is a godly, loving value. We're almost to the end of the list I've uh, composed for you. 
The last enumeration is, and you know what? I put these two together. I think I was just tired. They really should have been their own separate things. But, but then again, seven is a, you know, a good spiritual number. We have seven. <laughs> so the last thing I want to say we need to be dedicated to is thankfulness and community. Y'all didn't think I was going to get up here and talk and not say something about thankfulness, did you? Mm-mm. No. Thankfulness should be a core value and rhythm no matter the phase you're in, there is always something to be thankful for. Thankfulness should be the norm, not the exception. Routinely speak out. Simple verses. There's so many in the Bible that talk about thankfulness. And songs. Song is such a great way. Going back to getting the word in um, your children, hide them in your heart. It's old school, but it is glory. It's awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Give your children the opportunity to speak out who and what they are thankful for and let them hear you do the same. Regarding community, if you aren't already in one, get in a life group. (laughs) It is I'm telling you this from having raised children. We had children in the house for 30 years. 30 years. I cannot imagine having raised children without community that is like-minded, where the highs and the lows of child-rearing are collectively understood and prayed into. (laughs) A place where there was community norms and a shared language and where prayer was elevated. It was one of the biggest positives in raising children is to do it in community. But guess what? Your community does not have to look just like you. (laughs) One of my very best friends for the last 25 years is just a little bit older than me, but she's never been married and she's never had children. She's a person, though, of great faith and has fully embraced coming alongside our family in all the highs and lows of the years. This relationship has been such a huge positive for all of our family members. And interesting enough, this friend, she didn't have any siblings. And she is like one of the most extroverted people I've ever known. She loved the chaos that was the Eisenberg household. (laughs) She loved being part of us. Holidays, birthdays, whatever. She was there just the every day in and out. She was there. I cannot imagine having raised my children without her. We needed her and she needed us. Stay dedicated to all your community. In closing, and I think if the band wants to come up, that's fine. I want to end with what we started with, our jar of marbles and the reminder that it's just a phase, so don't miss it. The phases are sometimes comprised of years, sometimes days, and sometimes precious moments moment upon moment. I've mentioned to you before up here 
that my own mother passed away when she had just turned 56. In one month prior to her death, we celebrated her final birthday. I remember wanting to give her something really special, but what in the world is appropriate? (laughs) I drove to the mall with my two-year-old and my baby and buckled them in that double stroller and we went in and out of the stores. And then I had an idea. (laughs) I veered into the Hallmark store where a popular series of figurines was being sold. It was 1989, and I was 27 years old. Okay, anybody here that was alive and shopping and had a household on that day, remember this? Anybody? Anybody, what is it? Thank you. Yes, it's a Precious Moments figurine. They were usually pretty sentimental and had a, some kind of verbiage scripted on the bottom. The one I purchased and gave to my mother was of a girl holding what looks like a little trophy, but on it, it says, the loving cup. <laughs> I presented it to my mom with a card on which I recounted and thanked her and dad for all the ways they had loved me through the phases selflessly filling my loving cup all those years, all those phases. In one more month, in nine more days, my mom passed away. But the moments that she'd invested in my life and in my phases did not pass away with her. Her and my father's investment would continue to yield bounty in my life and in the lives of my children and in the lives of my parents' grandchildren and in the lives of the (laughs) great-grandchildren. Attention to the moments in phases matter. At the end, one doesn't remember life as a whole, but as a string of moments. Now, next week, it's baby dedication, I think maybe for two weeks. It's not a baby baptism. We're not going to be up here baptizing your babies, and it's not a sign of salvation. Baby dedication is a ceremony during which parents make a public declaration that they will raise their child in the love and guidance of the Lord. Please hear me as I say this. We cannot make our children's choices for them. They will eventually be responsible for making their own decisions. But we can be dedicated to pointing them in the right direction. They will have to make the decision to make Jesus their Lord, but we can show in our lives the up close and personal of what that looks like. At the end of the day, we're all going to make mistakes. I've made plenty of them, but God's grace is sufficient even in our parenting weaknesses. We are offered 
Holy Spirit power. And I'm going to read this. I really worked on how to say this. I know this is all. I want you all to be encouraged, <laughs> not discouraged. I want you to be encouraged. It's weighty. It is. But it's also we are given so much through God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You are not in this alone. He has provided the Holy Spirit to walk with you every single day through this and community to walk with you. <clears throat> we are offered the Holy Spirit power to enable us to be faithful in living out his purposes through the phases and through the precious moments of parenting. We cannot do it on our own. God's measurement of success includes our dependence on his provision of righteousness, faithfulness, and reliance on trusting his ways. Faithfulness, not perfection. There's no perfection in this. We will not hear the words, well done, good and perfect servant. But by God's grace, Jesus' sacrifice, and the Holy Spirit's power, we will hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Pray with me. Lord, we just thank you so much for this time to just concentrate together on the truths that you have for us about raising children. Lord, we know that is so close to your heart that you um, liken how you feel about us um, it has to do with uh, parent love. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that you are good and you are trustworthy and you are faithful and you are reliable. Thank you, Lord, for not leaving us out on our own to handle this, but for giving us wisdom through your word for giving us communication through prayer, for giving us community, for showing us your ways. Lord, may we be dedicated to your purposes. May we spend our lives, our days for your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Nancy. <laughs> Thank you so much for investing in us and all the time and all the years that she has invested. I uh, just want to invite you guys. I think as we're just hearing Nancy's talk, there's so much I'm encouraged with and so much I want to respond to in my own heart. So many things. And I just feel like uh, as we are thinking and praying through that, uh, parenting can be hard. Uh, lots of life can be hard. Whether or not you have kids can be hard. Um, I know for me growing up, not having a dad in the home, there were, there were wounds that I walked away with. So I just want to encourage you guys, if there's anything that's stirring your heart or you see that and you're like, man, that was not my story. I didn't experience that in parenting or in my parents. Like, I want you to know, we, we would love to pray with you. We would, and so we're going to have our, our prayer and prophetic team and our staff and our overseers come on up here, here in a moment. And we would love to pray with you. Or if you're a parent and you're like, man, I need vision for that. Or I failed miserably in this area, that area, or I'm just not doing this or that. Like we would love to pray with you. Uh, that, that, that's my story. Even this very week, I've had a similar experience with, 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 uh, with uh, losing my temper with my kids, raising my voice, and then needing to go to them and apologize and to repent. 
So I just wanna encourage you guys, this, there's a journey in parenting that is hard and there's a journey in life as you process the things you've come out of. And so we just wanna invite you forward. We're open here, there's no, uh, you can be as vulnerable as, as, as you feel led because God in that place of vulnerability wants to heal those places in you. Does that make sense? All right, so go ahead and stand up as we worship. And if you need prayer, uh, our staff and our overseers and our prayer prophetic team will be down here waiting to pray with you.